The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I came across the subject of vaginal mesh injury a number of years ago on The Opinion Line when I spoke to a solicitor who was representing a number of women. And we didn't have an opportunity at the time because they were very nervous to speak to the women themselves. But vaginal mesh, or the insertion of vaginal mesh, was a surgical procedure. Many, many women had it done. But a huge percentage of them, I mean a huge percentage of them, have pain, long-lasting pain, and other complications from the insertion of it. The, The former Health Minister, Simon Harris, announced in 2017 that they were going to stop doing this in this country. It's it's on pause, as it were. There are other countries in the world where it's already been banned. But last week, on around June 29th, the Eroctus Health Committee sat and met a number of women from a group called Mesh Survivors Ireland to to listen to what they're going through. And to listen to how they feel, what happened to them when they went for this procedure in good faith. They feel what happened to them needs to be addressed by government going forward. So, Catherine, you were one of the people uh, who was at that Oroctus Committee meeting. Uh, Thank you for being with me today. What is your own story? Hello, PJ. Thank you for having us on. Um, my story is, um, like a lot of other women, went in with good faith, trusted my consultant and everything else, and didn't work out the way I thought it was. And years down the line, I'm still in the same pain that I was in the day I got it in. What did you go in to have it done for? We, I had it done for... Um, Incontinence. Okay. After having my children, after having my babies, so. Um, and what age were you then? I was um, thirty-nine. Okay. Thirty-nine. Yeah. And I was thirty-nine. It was recommended for you as a way to deal with the incontinence, correct? Yes, it, it was. It was. It was recommended as a quick fix, with no complications, or at least I was told about no complications. And like the other women, I was left in severe pain. And unfortunately, there was no one to listen to me. And we went to Linster House in November 17 to lobby. Yes. Um, make the government aware of the issues with the mesh. And in 2018, Simon Harris sent out a learning report to the clinicians and... Um, Thank God we got a pause on it then for a pause on the mesh then for safety in two thousand in two thousand eighteen in July of that year. And um the chief medical officer he put out a report on November of the same year of two thousand and eighteen with nineteen recommendations. Um he was there was supposed to be a compassionately engagement in December of nineteen, but it still hasn't happened. Yeah. Take me right back to afterwards so how long after the surgery did you realise all was not well well I had a, re- a revisit um, six weeks after 
Mm. And I honestly thought they had left something inside me. But um, I was told it was in my head. So you had pain straight away? Pain straight away, yeah. Yeah, I did. And God, you know, there's people unaware of what's actually happening to them. And yeah. hopefully after our Aractus meeting now, and it's in the media, and we're very thankful for the media, that um, hopefully that women will be able to put the jigsaw together and the pieces will fall into place and they'll be thinking, God, that's what I have. Yes. Tell me about what your day-to-day problems are with it. I mean, I, I take it the pain, is, is it constant? It's constant, yeah. It is constant. Um, it's um, leg pain. I have it in my back, in my vagina, at sciatica. Mobility, like well, even standing in the one spot is painful. Right. Not to mention walking. I used to walk, but I had to give all that up. So I'm doubling continent as well now. So oh dear. So even the problem it was meant to fix, it didn't fix? No, it didn't fix. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Like, we have um, Minister Harris, in fairness to him, he got us two translebial scanners. Um, they got 1.3 million for the two scanners. Uh, one is in Hollis Street, one is in Cork. Yes. The one in Hollis Street hasn't worked yet. Now, he that's in since last September. They haven't worked. It hasn't scanned one person yet. Cork has done nine nine women. Yes, because they have they have no one to they have no one to work us. Operate it, yeah. And so, these scanners, what do they do? What do they find? It'll actually show where the mesh is. I see. Where the mesh is in your body, because it's, it's actually a rose in your body. Yes. And it's like taking chewing gum out of your hair. That is what it is like. So that wouldn't be a very easy job. That's a very good analogy. And tell me something, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Can they be taken out? If it's all in one piece and it hasn't eroded in you. There's a consultant in America that can do the job. Right. There's a few consultants in, in the UK that can actually do it as well. It's not an easy surgery. Because I remember talking about this, you were talking about 2017. I remember talking about it on the programme back around then. And at the risk of putting in two simple terms, your body grows around this thing. That's correct. That's correct. Right. And it arose in your body. Okay. It's not, it, it was never meant to be taken out when it was put in. I see. So now it can't be for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a partial removal, but uh, there's no one with the skill set in Ireland. I see. Um, take it out. What I'd like to see myself is, now it is, it is suspended since 2018, and I'm hoping that it'll never again be reintroduced you know yeah you tell me if if I was listening to you correctly there's more than just pain from around where you had the surgery you have pain all over your body I have I have pain yeah it's just life changing you just couldn't like we we as women look okay yeah everything is in the inside 
pain is in the inside and like there's a there's ladies and they're hemorrhaging from this. There's ladies and they're in the fetal position. You know? Like I have to go to bed when I have pain. Right. When it gets so bad. You know, it's like and you can't actually say, Well, I make an appointment and say, Well, I'll be there that day because you don't know what way you're going to be when you wake up in the morning. So it really um dictates what way you can live. So you might decide to meet a friend for coffee, say at one o'clock today, and then you could you could realize, no, I I just can't do that. Exactly, exactly. That's it. And can you take anything for the pain, Catherine? Well, you can, I suppose, take medication, but then does that start another problem? You know, are yeah. you dependent on your tablets then? Yes. Or to keep you going like the thing about it is this was this was supposed to be an operation that was going to, to change the way we were and yeah. surely it did change the way we were but not the way we wanted it to change us i know looking back now with, at it i mean like how do you feel about what happened i feel it robbed my life it robbed my kids life i can't i couldn't go to a, a camogie match or a hurling match because i I needed a toilet. I couldn't stand. I, you know, I have a walking stick. You know, I mean, down the line, what way are we going to be when we are in our 80s, 70s? You know, it's just so unpredictable. It's a constant worry then. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And given that the reversal, the removal... Is it seems to be, from what you tell me, so difficult and so rare. The prospect of facing into your twilight years, as it were, with this kind of daily constant pain. Mm-hmm. That must be very mentally tough as well. It is mentally tough because, like, I don't want to put the burden on that of 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 that on my kids. You know, they have seen me sick. They have seen, you know, what I'm limited to do. And like, I would, I, I, I wouldn't like to have them thinking. Well, I may stay here because Mama needs someone to look after her. Mm. That's not fair. Mm. That's not fair on them. Like the government have to sit up and listen to us. You know? Can you drive? Can you do those little things? I, I, I can drive, but it's, it's very painful. Right. It is very painful driving. Someone said to me before as well that they could drive, but that you could get a dart of pain while yes. you're driving, which will throw out That's your concentration. Right. That is right. That is right. And that has happened to me several times. Really? For me to drive comfortably, I think I would need an automatic car, but I can't afford an automatic car. I see. I see. You know? So, in, you said 2017, former Minister Harris put a put a pause on, on the use of these things. What is it that you, you and your group want? You want a total ban, correct? Oh, completely. I don't want my children or my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren ever have to worry about something like this again. It is life crippling. It should never have been introduced into this country. And what would you like to see our present minister, Minister Donnelly, or whoever will succeed him, what 
would you like to see them do? Well, I would like him to look after the ladies. I would like him. I would like every lady that has a mesh complaint to get a medical card, and I would like to see the translabial scanners mm. up and going and working. Yes, and and patient transfer for the for the ladies to go go to and from their appointments. Yeah, because with one in Cork and one in Dublin, people in mm-hmm. rural areas. That's right. That's right. Uh, apology from the HSE. Okay. Uh, treatment reviews and the, the tr- treatment abroad scheme. So that if you can access removal surgery, that you don't have to worry about paying for it. Exactly. That's exactly yes. Like it, it's 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 a big operation. I imagine it is. It's a big operation. Do you think, Catherine? That you'd ever be, you probably don't know, but if you do, you do. You probably, do you think you'd ever be a candidate for that kind of surgery? Well, at the moment, um, I don't know. Right. Did you find you were met with compassion at the Eroctus Committee? How did you feel you were received? Yes, very much so, very much so. I have to say, the meeting we had with their TDs and their town call was very compassionate. Right. Yes, I have to say it was. Yes. Right. That was good anyway. And we have to we have to thank um, the Sinn Féin and their David Conman for all his hard work and everyone that helped us along the way, okay. including the media, yourself, for putting this out here and there now because I do believe, I do believe, and I've said it from the very beginning, that... Um, this thing has destroyed lives. It has destroyed marriages. It has destroyed homes. There is just so many complications attached to mesh. It's not just the lady themselves. It's their families, their environment, everything. Their jobs, you know. A lot of the ladies had to give up work. And... We need, we need, we need something. We need to be acknowledged, and we need for this never to be reintroduced into our country or anywhere in the world ever again. If we can get, if we could get a ban on it, I would be so happy with that. Because I do worry. I, I, I do worry about my kids and about my grandchildren. But that is what I have put up with is horrific, and I would never like to see another person go through what I went through. Yes. And they're still going through. Exactly. Exactly. Catherine, this first came to my attention, um, I would say, about the middle of 2016. And it was after that, I think, that former Minister Harris made the decision to pause. And, And you're right. When we started talking about it first, our phones started to light up and say, hang on, that happened to me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have said that from the very beginning because... You know, um, there is there is people suffering from things, and they're wondering where why is it so severe? What you know, what is causing my pain and my disability? And they've never had it diagnosed. Uh, yes, exactly. Catherine, I thank you for being with me today. I I hope that your health holds up as best it can, and I wish you well. Thank you very much, PJ, for having us on and thanks for your support for 
the Mesh ladies. Thank you. That's the first interview that Catherine has ever given and uh, was quite nervous about it. I think she was really great. And thanks for being so open with us about what she is going through. I want to talk to Mary McLaughlin, uh, who's an organiser for Mesh Ireland. And, and Mary, the point I was making there with Catherine was that when this came up first on the programme in around 2016, I think it was, we spoke to a solicitor um, because none of the women were felt in a position where they could come forward and speak. And I think it's a huge um, development now that the women are starting to speak up because they've been going through hell for years, many of them, and many of them still going through it quietly and silently. Mary, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on the show. Good, good, good to have you with us. Um, it's much more people than we originally thought are going through these at various levels of pain and discomfort. Yes, it is. And uh, I've been campaigning, I think, since 2016. Uh, and um, this week alone, our group has been about 150 people. I just have people from the island of Ireland on my group. And after the uh, after Wednesday's event, we had 20 people joined our group um, over the last few days. Wow. So, yeah, there's lots of people. They don't talk about it to their families. They're ashamed. Uh, they don't talk about it to their friends. People that don't know what surgery they had. Um, people that um, just don't understand what's going on with them. People who have gone to their GPs. Their GPs aren't really, this is a specialist uh, area and a specialist problem. GPs don't pick up the, the signs, the, the symptoms that the women are having could be related to a surgery that they maybe had 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm. So it's, it's, it's very difficult and, and we're so grateful to the Irish, uh, Parliament for, for having us at the committee yeah. and letting us air our views in public and, and those types of sessions, they're put around the world on all the global mesh mm. groups. That we, we try to carry the torch from country to country, and now it's Ireland. And uh, I know that uh, our, uh, our podcast of today's programme um, goes worldwide as well, from beyond just beyond you. midday. So, Mary, you know, but the numbers of people, the, the extent of the discomfort in which they're listening, the fact that, yeah, you might go to your doctor eight or nine, ten years after you had this surgery, and you might even have a new doctor in the interim. So the doctor, yes. the doctors don't seem to have the awareness yet to diagnose that the no. problem is related to the mesh. No, I mean I I spoke about data at the, at the committee meeting. Um, the HSE doesn't have data, and um, I could give them for NHS England, and they had about a hundred thousand women implanted in one decade, and we're talking also about two decades, but in one decade, and the the, the former England CMO. Uh, estimate the rate injury, the injury rate at 15 to 20 percent. Wow. And I know here in the north we have, um, again, only the last decade where they started um, inputting things onto electronic systems and it's not perfect, but we had around about 10,000 uh, women showing up on those statistics and again, 15 to 20 percent. That's a lot of women waiting on surgeries and most of us have been through these non-surgical solutions, but when they don't work, you know, you just think, what, well, I meant to do another Eurodynamics yeah. test. And meant, yeah. You know, you just think, I'm not doing that. Do we know, Mary, at what point in, in sort of the history of this treatment or this procedure, 
At what point did we begin to realize it was problematic and it was causing difficulties for women post-surgery? Yeah, it was introduced as a mainstream solution in uh, the early 2000s. So 2002, I think, or 2001 is, is Ireland's sort of benchmark. Um, there, there's immediate post-surgery um, uh, complications, and it's often a sign um, that women later on have problems again. Um, but yes, the, the medical community has known about these problems um, and it's documented in medical journals. I think the extent of the problem and the extent of the reporting um, was uh, was was not you know reflective of the true problems they were having. Mm. And then they introduced a different they, they, they introduced this different product that goes through the groins to address. The fact that a lot of surgeons were having problems inserting the earlier version of the product. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the, I've had my mesh removed. Okay. I, I've, I went to America. I was in London and they were not able to do the operation. And um, I, I went to America and the surgeon there, he has been practicing full and safe removals for 16 years. He said he used to remove partially, but the women kept coming back with the same mm-hmm. problems. And he, he, he has worked on it, yeah. And may I ask, if it's not too personal a question, is that a very difficult surgery, Mary? Um, for the for for the for, for the you surgeon, in terms of for the, me personally, well, um, to tell you the truth, I didn't know what to expect when I woke up the next day. I mean, I flew out with two other women, and I was in the hospital on my own because they'd been operated two days before me, and we're back in their hotels, so I didn't know. But um, when I woke up. I wasn't in pain. Obviously, I had pain meds, hmm. but I was I was able to discharge from the hospital within 24 hours, and and you know the recovery after that was mostly sleep, and um, because the, he he is an expert in yeah. his field, and I had no bruises. I had very very clean um, um, suturing. Um, he he took pictures of the surgery. Hmm. He he came and explained to me what happened, and there had been mesh in my urethral wall so my bladder pipe wall and there had been mesh in in the wall of my bladder and I'd had my mesh in for 10 years and and had all the all the types of symptoms that that other women have so I was able to fly home from America to Ireland a few weeks later even though he had to stitch my bladder and and how are you now I am very very good so like like Catherine, I couldn't walk and that's because of this mesh in the groin. It's pulling on all the hamstring muscles in your leg. So the more you walk, the tighter that gets. And it can't, why we're so tired and have to lie in bed, the surgeon explained this to me, is because the muscles are being held up by the tape and they can't relax. So the more you walk, the tighter they get and the, and the harder a day you have, the more time you have to rest up lying in bed. Oh God to let your leg muscles release. And that's something nobody explained to me in 2017 Mm. when I started trying to get behind this. The doctors were saying to me, well, it's it's a bladder sling. It won't be affecting your legs. And so many women phone me and say, I can't walk. I can't sit. So this goes in the whole pelvis area. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Infections, walking, yeah. sitting, concentrating because of the chronic pain. <sighs> It's it, it 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 is debilitating. I lay my my son told me I lay sixteen hours in bed most days before I flew to America. Sixteen hours, no, just lying there I, I, with you, the, all the incontinence it, as well. As as you describe it, I mean, even I'm sitting here and I'm cringing at the thought of it. So I can't imagine. Well, I'm what back I'm, to work now. I've built up my work again. I have no point yet. Uh, work. I work from home. I'm a lecturer, and, I, and online teaching has come to my aid. So you. I've built up my work generally over the past three years. I haven't seen a doctor about my bladder or my legs um, or my, you know, all the pains and symptoms that I had before I went. I haven't been in the health system about that since mm. then. And one of the things that Catherine was saying that the group wants, lastly, is to be able to access surgery-like, and I'm sorry, yes. the, the doctor's name I had written down, but I've forgotten it, to be able to... Dr. Peronicus. Dr. Peronicus, yeah. correct. That doctor, to be able to access that doctor or to be access, maybe access, there is an expert or two in the UK, to be able to access them and not worry about cost and that the government would provide that under the treatment purchase scheme or the overseas treatment scheme. Yes, I have been campaigning for this um, as a main kingpin of my campaign. The Irish government, I wrote to them in 2018 and said that Dr. Veronicus was prepared to come to Ireland and to do like a waitlist initiative and stay here a couple of weeks and operate every day. He can take two to three meshes out a day or they're really, really big meshes and might take a whole day surgery. And um, they they didn't really, they give me a take note, thank you for your correspondence, but they didn't engage. And I give the same offer to the North. Um, So, you know, I've tried to do this. Yes, there are surgeons in in England that are starting to do this surgery. They only started fully removing the meshes in 2019. So we've got 16 years experience of a doctor who who does his operations every day because the American system is different. And is willing to come here. yeah, and he 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 was willing to come here. Um, you know, he he engaged with me in a campaign in Scotland to get him there. Where I took it to Scotland when Ireland didn't act on it, and he was messed about to put it um, mildly. But I'm sure if if somebody, none of the surgeons in the UK would invite this doctor in. None of them, despite all the so so we need we need a, a good hospital. We need good doctors in Ireland want to help this these women and that would be the quickest way of doing it the women can fly out and that's why the the treatment abroad scheme needs to be broadened up i think there's an exceptional case for an exceptional case of funding that all these women that have these measures if they're prepared to go abroad and i heard the hse is working with the credit unions for example if they're prepared to go abroad and get their surgery done they'll be well looked after um but you know, we we can't wait around for another couple of years. The surgeon in America is also sixty three, yeah. so I'm just saying. You know, a surgeon's health is also his wealth. Um, uh, um, we we can't wait another five years, another six years. Okay. Our women need to get back to their lives and and back to some sort of new normality. And and you are Mary proof that the surgery works. And I'm I'm glad that we came back to you after ten there for a conversation about that. That's Mary McLaughlin. Thank you, Mary, based in Belfast, but she's the organizer 
organiser for the island of Ireland of Mesh Ireland. She's had the surgery and provided by a Dr. Veronicus, who, as you heard her say, is willing to come here and meet and treat some of the women who are struggling and suffering for many a long day. Courts 96 FM.